Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cults Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. I'd like to welcome you back to another exciting edition of Cults Coffee and Conversation. We hope you enjoyed the last episode. Synanon. Yeah. The, the Kmart version of Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't think so. Well, it's so far it's coming off like that. Anyway, just kidding. Oh my gosh. Everyone's getting all personal already. No, I don't understand the Kmart reference. From Target to Kmart? No, I don't understand it. You don't? Mm -mm. Oh, well, because see, (laughs) (laughs) what people with decent money or working class would go to Target, Kmart is where you go to when you couldn't afford Walmart. Oh, I see. Well, see, I'm glad you explained (laughs) it because I couldn't understand. I didn't get your reference. I think a lot of people my age would get that reference and laugh because every time you walked into Kmart, there was just cloud of of just just uh what's the word i'm looking for can't i'm i can't even think right now you okay, threw me in a curveball i just thought but maybe goodwill a shame, a shame yeah it good would have been the goodwill no kmart uh, come on you say kmart it's like uh, i'd rather go to walmart than kmart well guess what kmart yes. is no longer around so we don't have to worry about it yes pre and post covid19 the parking lot's the same anyway what it's a bad joke Roll with it. Oh, I see. Oh, my goodness. Man, I must need some more coffee because I am not getting references or jokes right uh, now. That's okay. That's fine. Well, anyway, guys, we hope you enjoyed the the uh, second episode. Of course, we are on the third episode. And of course, our hearts go out to all of our cultonites out there who enjoy our podcast and enjoy our weird sense of humor and so on and so forth. Uh, we also want to continue to... Um, say thank you for all the people who leave positive feedback it does feed the ego i'm not gonna lie it's nice encouraging as well thank you guys for giving us five stars we want to continue to climb that that chart that algorithm so we are in tops in arts and leisure society and culture something like that anyway <laughs> society and culture anyway we want to climb those charts and believe it or not guys i can't explain it it does help the brand and we need to grow this brand all righty we good no Wait, have I already begged for five stars? No, we still haven't done our thing yet. So speaking of feedback, a little rusty. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of feedback, let us know what you think on our Facebook page at Colts Coffee Conversation. We have our Instagram at Colts Coffee Convo. We've got the Twitter at Colts Coffee Con 1. That's Colts Coffee Con and the number 1. And also we do have Colts Coffee Convo at gmail.com. But wait, there's more. Yeah, there's another way of getting in contact with us. Holly, take it away. Take your voice memos on your smartphone, record a, mem- a memo to us, <laughs> and uh, send it off to cultscoffeeconvo at gmail.com. Beautiful. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, indeed. Now, before we get into our conversation about our cults, we must talk about our coffee because that is one of our staples in our lovely trio of cults, coffee, and conversation. Uh, Holly, what are you drinking? Well, I'm still with the home brew because we are still at home. Staying at home, for the most part, we did not go to Starbucks or the Drip, even with their takeout. <sighs> and yeah, we're trying to be good, and plus, it saves money. Yes, it does okay. save money. Yeah, we can spend it on other things, like uh, takeout food that gets delivered. Beautiful. Support your local business. Mm-hmm. And I too am suffering with homebrew. Yay. Okay. Well. Woo! All right, okay, enough of none of that positivity. All righty, so let's get into it. Are you ready, Holly? No, they have one more thing to do. We have one more thing. What do we got to do? You have our disclaimer. 
Ah, yes, our disclaimer. This is for entertainment purposes only. We are not theologians. We do not have degrees in theology. We are normal people who take a look at the evidence that we have. We dissect it. We tell the story. And we sit back and go, you can't make this crap up. That is correct. Yeah, this is, oh my gosh, for real? Yes, for real. Now are we ready? Yes, we are. Let's do this. Okay, so... Just like previously, before we talked about the game, we talked about the trip. We talked about famous people like Mr. Spock shelling out some, some, uh, uh, some money for these guys and love our famous actors back in those days. Well, now he, Mr. Diederich, is now focusing on the Utopian Society, which was from 1967 to 1963. Now, no, 73. Did I say 67 to 63? Yes. Sounds like great years of muscle cars. Oops, I'm sorry, 1967 to 1973, still pretty good years in muscle cars, but in 1967 uh, that the program was a, was not a success and he decided to end the concept of graduation. Look at that, you oh. can never leave, take away the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, that's like that Eagles song. You can check out, check in anytime you want, but you can never leave. Mm. Actually, you can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. And that is partly of Synanon, by the way, that song. Wow. Beautiful. Fun fact. Fun fact. I'm not a fan of the Eagles, so therefore I'm probably going to get some back. You don't like the Eagles? No, I don't. But my mother loves the Eagles, and so does my father. Holly, and so do you, does Holly. Is Holly, do you <laughs> like the Eagles? I yes, do. Yes, you do. Of course you do. It is what it is. All righty. Taking away graduation. Now, now, without continued peer pressure, most addicts reverted on leaving. That's very interesting. Well, you know, it, it's still that way, mm. I would say. Probably. Mm -hmm. As full recovery for graduates was not happening sufficiently, Diederich proclaimed no one should ever graduate. So, constant control. If they remain forever, they would build a utopian world designed by, of course, you know who, Diederich. Now, the organization developed a business that sold promotional items, which was very successful enterprise and eventually generated roughly over $10 million a year in revenue. This oh. is the 60s. Yeah. and When oh. a dollar meant a dollar, you go to a grocery store for a family of four with 20 bucks and come back with change and fill some gas in your tank. Oh, I want to also mention this the little enterprise, the promotional items. Mm -hmm. Someone else that we know did that, too, that we've covered. Oh, who's that? Refresh my memory. There's so many. Oh, I know. It was Tony Alamo. My name is Tony. Okay, don't get me going. Don't get me on that guy. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. But their their organization also did the promotionals. Now, don't forget, Hollies. We, too, had our own little store. Be quiet, Bogwan. We're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> okay. All righty. So, of course, like I said, uh, $10 million per year. Now, the Synanon Enterprises would run, a, would run gas stations and make pottery. Gas stations and make pottery. I think some people got some free gas out of that. Anyways, Diederich uh, bought and sold real estate, so that's very profitable as well. Uh, Synanon owned apartment buildings and other income businesses without having to pay workers or taxes. Yep, this is the same scam that the Tony Alamo Ministries did, and I'm sure others, too. Well, what about the um, the Rajneeshis? Yes, that, too. Yeah. Well, pretty much everyone we've covered. Yes, pretty much. I mean, 
Yes, that's a good revenue builder for them. Oh, absolutely. Not paying anybody and you're pocketing all the cash. Hello. Now, also in 1967, they purchased the, the Club Mesa Del Mar, a large beachside a 1926 hotel in Santa Monica. Now, during World War II, uh, it was a military headquarters. It was also used as a center and dormitory for drug treatment and business operations. Now, Sinanon pressured old club members to leave, and complaints led to the city by taking action may have changed Sinanon's course of history. For example, uh, the city claimed it owned the beachfront, and rather than take the issue to the court, it sent police officers and bulldozers across the sand, knocking down cabanas and uh, paved courts. I don't. That makes no sense. Well, Why would you? You don't want to go to court, but you're willing to take the police officers and bulldozers. That's kind of weird, city of Santa Monica. I believe they believed, which it the law was on the city's side. They don't own the beach, and so. You know, we are, we're talking about these things, but if you have a bunch of ex-drug addicts on the beach, they're saying you can't use the beach. So to other people, the public, all beaches are public. Right. Okay? There's no such thing as a private beach in California. Right. So if they were, say, walking down the beach from another part, the Synanon would prevent them from coming through. Mm. They felt, I'm sure, that they had the law on their side. Right. But because they did it in such a violent way, nowadays I don't think this would happen uh, because, you know, people have learned. But, yeah, uh, they the made 60s. a... 60s. They big... Yeah, they made a big mistake. Yeah, they did. Now, also, they had paddy wagons. That's so funny. Paddy wagons awaiting the Synanon protesters. That's they still awesome. have a paddy wagon of sorts in, in, in Anaheim. The drunk tank. No, paddy wagon is something that you put a bunch of people in that you've arrested. Sounds like something from the 1930s. Yeah, Come ass, huh? You're getting your paddy wagon. That is true, but they have a big bus. Ah. Yeah, like a, like the sheriff's buses that drive the the people to court. Oh, okay, gotcha. That That's would be considered, considered a paddy wagon. wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Also, another thing, uh, Dietrich appeared at a press conference and declared the city had fallen into the hands of mad dogs and Synanon was going to sue them all. Mm, sue the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, inside, inside joke. Inside joke. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little inside joke for everyone. Some people might get it. Anyway, as a result of its poor conduct, Santa Monica, of course, Santa Monica, surrendered Synanon, centered and Synanon became untouchable. It no longer obeyed zoning rules, sympathetic donations reheated, and Synanon soon became Santa Monica's largest landowner. Thank you, Mr. Spock. Okay, so I'm wondering if the city council of Santa Monica said, well, wait, what just happened? Pretty much. You know, you know they, they all of a sudden now were taken over. We're taken over. Beautiful. Now, of course, we did. Now, obviously, with all this money coming in, I'm pretty sure they did a lot of expansion. Yes. Now, Holly, we can talk about the expansions, the successes, and the failures. So, uh, go ahead and give us a, a little, a little taste. Okay, let me do some West Coast things. Synanon acquired a large industrial building in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. transforming it into a residential facility for its members. Beautiful. California donated a block-long building in San Francisco. Way to go, California, giving them a whole block in San Francisco. How much money that is? Well, I think it was perhaps something that needed to be renovated. Ah, uh, Makes sense. Okay. 
Uh, San Diego, California, Synanon was successful in obtaining many properties in the downtown area. Now, in the 60s, downtown areas were kind of on the slide. Mm. They had what they called urban decay. Ah, yes, just like when you watch the movie Taxi Driver and you see the the uh, Times Square and it's mm-hmm. definitely different than what it is now. Yeah, that was the time where I think they did a lot of buildings, uh, you know, in certain time periods in the 20s of the 1920s and 1930s and 40s. And by the time it came to the 60s, it was still, you know. It has changed. Yeah. Just decayed. Decayed. They obtained many properties in the downtown area of San Diego, and when they tried to expand to the city of El Cajon, to St. John's Seminary, a Catholic seminary that had relocated to the University of San Diego, residents and parents of the Catholic school across the street protested to the city planning commission. So that did not go through. Mm. Now, this was a really interesting thing. The Nevada prison system Mm -hmm. had synonym... Uh, was able to get a program instituted in their prison system that had Synanon prisoners live together in their own cell block. An honor farm was established for 24 prisoners and more funding was allocated. Wow. After two apartment buildings were going to be used for housing Synanon drug addicts on the outside, neighbors protested and a grand jury looked into Synanon. It was a zoning issue. So yes, Many times it has to be one of these things like a zoning issue, tax problems that bring certain big things like this down. Well, you know, tax has brought down uh, Al Capone. Yes. So So eventually a John Birch Society member was able to convince the city government Synanon had ties to communists. Of course. Well, this is the 60s. Yes, it is. So, you know, that was a big old huge thing. Okay, so now, Carl, why don't you go through some yeah, East sure. Coast things? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because believe it or not, they also expanded to the East Coast. We have some East Coast information, which is including someone that some of you who enjoy sports and who's a historian of sports is a little bit involved. Now, in the state of Connecticut, Synanon rented large homes in affluent areas, meaning the wealthy, the big, huge, massive, like like Connecticut houses are really nice. Especially in those, those are like the, how you put this, like something you see in like colonial times where, where it's like these like 50 acres and this huge mansion and, you know, kind of thing where it looks like stuff you see in movies. Okay. That's the, that's this area here. Now, they would pack them with addicts, especially if you're a wealthy person, you would love that. Mm -hmm. The residents protested and gave Synanon publicity. Now, the donations came in, and a local judge upheld Synanon's claim that they are one family in a single-family dwelling. Later, Connecticut Supreme Court overruled the local judge, and Synanon moved to their New York campuses. Now, let's talk about the New York campuses. Now, the city of New York, overwhelmed by a drug-addicted population, a recruitment center was opened in a three-story house in the east side, uh, manned by seven residents. Now, Synanon convinced local judges and uh, probation departments to make referrals. Well, in 1964, Synanon received 445 East Coast addicts in a five-year uh, claim to have rehabilitated 54% of them. Now, New York proposed to 
to contract with Synanon for treatments of its addicts. Now, the idea uh, being is to send them all to Santa Monica, but Los Angeles County moved to uh, block the plan, fearing it might result in an influx of New York vast uh, addict population. Yeah, now, so the- this sounds kind of familiar with the homeless, to where um, we're having in Orange County now, where it's rumored that people would the L.A. County would pack them up in buses, go down the five freeway, and drop them off. I in thought it was the other way around. Is No, I'm, to my understanding, a lot of these people come from L.A. Oh, I thought that they, well, yeah, either way, it's a relocation of people that aren't desirable. Of course, and of course, New York sees an opportunity. Not only they're not getting out of New York City, they're also getting them out of the state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting, and I don't blame L.A. for actually doing it. Now, also in May of 1966, here's where the sports references come. Jimmy the Greek, if you remember this, uh, he's famous on, I believe it's on ABC. He was the uh, the sports guy. Um, also, a 30 for 30 documentary on ESPN, not a sponsor. They did a thing about Jimmy the Greek, so this is very interesting. He was dispatched to run a New York Synanon house at uh, 35 Riverside Drive in Manhattan. Now, it was a reception uh, center, also an embassy, as they want to call it, uh, ready to ship addicts out out to the West. Of course, Los Angeles, of course, could not block voluntary movement guaranteed by the United States Constitution. So they're shipping them out. Now in San Francisco, Diederich had lunch at the Jack Tar Hotel in San Francisco with judges and, and 150 law enforcement and civic officials. Now in October of 1963, to lay the groundwork for establishing a Synanon house there, he told that the city leaders that once Synanon opened, it would open, it would suck addicts off the street like a vacuum cleaner. And that's a quote. That is. That is a quote. Holly, give us a little more detail as far as uh, uh, Mr. Diederich and uh, his moves in San Francisco. Okay, in February of 1964, Synanon with Diederich himself, along with his daughter, J.D., and 16 others, moved into San Francisco, renting for $650 a month, a very huge area uh, 87,500 square foot to complete complete with a swimming pool three-story brown shingle mansion called the Clayhouse Street and in the exclusive Presidio Heights section Ooh. in March Diederich and Betty that's his wife started having synonyms at the house placing overstuffed sofas in a circle by the fireplace and invited members of the community. But soon, a new battle began to oust them from the rich neighborhood. Locals became outraged, and Diederich com- claimed he was receiving threats to burn the house down. Synanon children went to school under escort. San Francisco attorney Richard A. Bancroft asked that people give them a chance, learn of their good works and how peaceful they are. By now, Diederich was more word-savvy and claimed that they were not violating any zoning laws as they were all one big family. To explain the 19 people living in the mansion, he classified, in addition to his and his brother-in-law, Wilbur Beckham's families, there were three women as maids, two as cooks, three as secretaries, and one each as a butler, handyman, plumber, and chauffeur. All happened to be former drug addicts. So San Francisco City Zoning Administrator Clyde Fisher responded that that was more domestic than allowed and the office on the second floor was illegal. The local Presidio Heights Association demanded a reduction of household residents, including the domestic. 
Dietrich told the press that all the opposition was based on racial overtones, blacks living with whites. Later, he withdrew the, his word game saying, oh, we don't have servants in cinema. Right. So he played the race card, and then he backed out like by saying, oh, you know, at first all these are domestic servants, but then he said, oh, yeah, we don't have servants. Well, here's my thing. If he's given a big old huge mansion, the square footage is extremely huge. What I can see on, I'm conflicted on this one. I'm very conflicted on this because if you have, if if it's eighty-seven five hundred square footage, that's a large house. Um, it does require a few people to live on there, but you know if you got fifteen people living in a mansion, then that's their prerogative, right or wrong. Yeah, I guess because it's a very high flutin' place. This is the 60s. They had more zoning, maybe. They didn't want people. Now, remember, okay, this was in 64. Yeah, it's pre-Haight-Ashbury stuff. So um, I'm not sure. But evidently, they wanted they, they, the zoning laws were on the books. Right. And they were able to get them out of there. Right. But his, I mean, Dietrich, his bit main thing was to get publicity because every time he did, he got more, more money. More money, yeah. And, you know, they just picked up and went to the next spot. And the thing is, it's San Francisco. It's like the bleeding heart liberal capital of the world. I don't know then if, if it was. Ah, okay. Okay, because uh, they were, you know, California was very... Oh, now Ronald, no, see, no, he was not governor. I'm sorry, uh, Ed, Edmund G. Brown Sr. Ah. Was governor okay. so anyway um with that that's pretty much their utopian thing and apparently it's not very utopian isn't it it's like they tried they failed i mean it's more financial success at this point at yeah. this point yes where it's like okay you got your you kind of got some talents in in new york city you have a famous person at that time and during this time he was very famous jimmy mm -hmm. the greek um believe it or not he was one of the first people to start talking about gambling on on actual on air about as far as football games go. So that's, you know, that was huge then. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, it looks like they're expanding and their expansion is very successful, but only to a certain point. So Right, because at this point, their whole business is rehabilitating drug addicts. Yes. They're not getting a success rate. Even 50% is good, but I don't think it really was 50% is what they claimed. Yeah. So he's sort of stuck so he's got to figure out the next level of what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, but when you take away graduation, what what's the point? Well, no, because that just means you're there and you're going to start building something bigger than yourself. So, you know, you're a drug addict. I, You know, you probably burned everyone you know, you know, the whole situation. This is your final spot, resting yes, spot. Yes, exactly. Mm. And, hey, if I can help out in this, you know, in this organization, either if I'm sweeping or building something, or cleaning, whatever it is. Or making fruit salads, or... Yes. <laughs> 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 oh. Any of that kind of thing. Right. Uh, or giving money, or going out, getting money somehow, and earning it, and bringing it back. Then that is something bigger than themselves, and they feel like it, they're worthwhile. So be it. Now, that's what he is. He's using the people. Oh, at this point, 100%. All righty, guys. That's pretty much the skinny of it. I know you're like, that's not very long. Da, 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 da. Guess what? It gets juicier when we start talking about 1974 and going forward. Yes. All righty. Well, 
Uh, once again, guys, once again, we want to say thank you again for listening. Thank you for the five stars you've given us. We're begging for the five stars. Uh, we hope you enjoy what we're doing. Stay strong, guys. Keep keep your head up. Keep your chin up. Because let me tell you something. Some people are collecting unemployment, and I'm one of them at this moment because I got furloughed. So, you know, I understand the struggle. But anyway, guys, like I said, keep the head up. Thank you for listening. More podcasts to come. And on that note, good night, Holly. Good night, Carl. <laughs>